uh, you know, that stuff's important too. Don't get me wrong, but, yes. but all of that other stuff that, um, that guys like Stuart Copeland and guys like me, uh, try to impart to younger drummers is learn about the things that fall, you know, between the cracks, like, uh, you know, just how to say good morning to your tour manager. Right. Or, or um, how to don't slam a door if you're on a bus. Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, you know, just the simple things that will keep you uh, probably in work or, uh, you know, working for a band a lot longer than if you were to be the fastest drummer on the corner. Tokyo tonight. Drummer for the Green Blossoms. What's going on, man? I'm waiting for that very special guest. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) right in for you. Yeah, you might (laughs) get there. (laughs) As soon as that other guy comes in, I bet people are always like, man, that was cool. Uh, When's the cool guy getting here? That's it. That's fucking awesome. We were trading hair secrets backstage. I could have done that all night. I mean, anything you want to know? Like, actually, I, I thought of another. Uh, uh, so I was I was saying a little while ago before we uh, hit the airwave that uh, I listened to the 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 the, Fu- the Fugal Sange uh, interview, and uh, he had mentioned that that he had gone uh, post pandemic hair, and uh, it was somewhere in between air supply. And I thought of the other name that which killed me was uh, Nick Cave. Yes, Nick. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, if I'm somewhere in there, I'm I'm happy. Yeah. One of the I, whenever I go on stage, I usually open up the show and I go and I'll, I'll say something about my appearance. And it's kind of one of those things where you're like, yeah, I'm glad it gets a laugh. And then I'm like, it's kind of fucked up, though, that I actually think I look like because I'll always be like, <laughs> everybody came out of the pandemic looking pretty good. I came out looking like the dude who gave Jenny AIDS and Forrest Gump. <laughs> and they're just like, ah, and I'm just like, yeah. And then I'm like, fuck, do I really look that <laughs> shitty? Holy Christ. Yeah. Here, please. Yeah, 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 exactly. Can someone check me out? Because I think I'm a drug addict. Holy fuck. Um, but it's nice though. It takes a long time to get it like looking like fucking awesome. Because Tom was, what do you say, seven stages ugly? Yeah, the seven stages are ugly. It, there's a long road to get to great hair, and you gentlemen have made it to the other side. What am I about? Eleven? I'm at about eleven. <laughs> Redefining stages as we speak. If it wasn't for these 18 ring lights, yes, be... oh, yes. I, you know what? It's funny. The little app that we're using, uh, 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 I mean, the professional <laughs> app that we're all joining our lives together via video. Um, mm-hmm. It says as a warning right before you get on, like lighting will make you look better. And luckily the other day I went out and I got this $30 um, ring light thing. So if you, if you nice. do it, it, it either looks like I'm on uh, that scene from Basic Instinct where uh, Karen, <laughs> whatever, is 
crossing and uncrossing. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. we were waiting for you to start crossing and uncrossing your legs. Yes, <laughs> we, had, we had a we had a we had a similar incident like that not too long ago, um, <laughs> with a with a gentleman who decided to bear all. And uh, come on did, now, oh swear to you, dude. So we'll say this on air. You have Steve man. from uh, Smash Mouth on. What was going on there? <laughs> no, but <laughs> we, so we. <laughs> We were doing an, this is even this is the worst part, dude. We were doing a benefit, uh, a 24 hour live stream benefit for MS, the MS Society. So we were streaming live on their page as well, not platform. even just on ours, on on their platform as well on Twitch. And um, uh, Mike Cosgrove was on at like oh, two. You to love tossing names out there. Go on. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, he, we almost got his banned off the goddamn channel, man. So he's on. He's on there with us or whatever. It's like thank God it's like three o'clock in the morning and there's not really anybody awake. And out of the out of the fucking blue, dude, uh, he just uh, all of a sudden I kind of out of my peripheral. There's like four of us on screen. I notice him kind of fucking around with the camera and angling it down. Just drops trow, and fucking you know whatever. And Tom, oh, this is a family show, yeah, waves it around. <laughs> we're a little we're a little scarred. Thank God there was four dudes in the room, where we were just kind of like, hey, that was a thing, wasn't it? <laughs> Holy fuck! <laughs> Woo, that was fucking close. Like that's not real. <laughs> right? yeah, the sad part is, is that i do have that footage and i'm like what do you even do with it besides watch it nightly i'm like i John. wish he was more famous we could have gotten some press out of it but it doesn't even matter <laughs> no it doesn't even fucking matter oh my god oh man are you excited but that's awesome dude that you guys are actually getting together and you're able to go back out have you been back out a lot since last couple of months yeah we we've started doing the 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 fly out dates uh and actually Let's see. I'm trying to think of when the last time we were on the bus. Well, actually, the last time we were on the bus was right before Christmas of last year. And that was about the time that the um, I forget what the like Omicron, you know, version yeah. 18.3. <laughs> we all we all got it. Oh, so we all came home and it was like, friend, you know, show for friends and family mm. and boom, like the next day or two, we started having to send out these texts saying, oh man, I, I got it. And yeah, so do I. And, uh, yeah. and so, yeah, we don't want any more of that. Um, no. Obviously no <laughs> one does. But, right. uh, but certainly when you're getting on a bus, you know, I, I equate it to uh, riding around in a giant Petri dish. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just a... Yeah a petri dish on wheels and um you you never quite know you know uh, through no fault of anyone's own really uh, what you're going to come in contact with and then certainly um you do the best you can do mm-hmm. but you also are are trying to have somewhat of a, a sense of normalcy now um and you just don't know from really one week to the next uh okay where is there another paradigm shift occurring before our eyes and and you just don't know it until it's sort of like oh no i just got the test back and so yeah we're we're gonna get out there and we're gonna rock and we're gonna be out i think a month and a half on the bus nice so uh it's nice, but it's also a month and a half of a moving petri dish. So, right, <laughs> yeah, man, and, uh, and yeah, but we're we're playing all of the big, um, you know, the big bucket list kind of places, uh, like um, 
playing Greek theater uh, out in LA. Nice. Which uh, is is a favorite of mine. Uh, Red Rocks in, out in beautiful uh, Colorado. Which yeah, that's awesome. Played, which um, I'm really looking forward to. And then like even, you know, like Central Park, you know, I don't, I don't exactly know how that's going to be. Work. I, mean, I don't know if we're going to actually have the exact spot that Simon and Garfunkel stood. Right. Park, but yeah. <laughs> but we'll, we'll be in Central Park somewhere, maybe behind a hot dog stand. Or <laughs> the guy screaming about Kanishas on 3.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> exactly. All right. Not bad. Not bad. I've seen better. Um, yeah. yeah, that's great, man. The who the last summer on earth uh name you guys did that even before you knew there was gonna be a pandemic. Is it kind of like who who came up with the name, first of all? I believe that that is a bare naked ladies uh invention. And nice. I don't nice. think that they knew how uh on par with that name, um, for better or worse, that that name really was going to be when they yeah. came up with it. I think if I think if they had thought better of it, maybe they would have said, you know, guys, let's how about just world tour? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. One of my friends just, is like, just that, you know, changing the day, uh, the year as we go along. But yeah, yeah. One of my friends is yeah. like, oh, that's really clever. They did that after COVID, and I was like, no, no, that was before. <laughs> they knew. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was, my, and, you know, truthfully, uh, uh, along the way, you hear more than your share of uh, sort of, you know, gallows humor about the name of the tour, yeah. but what, what can you do about it? I mean, it was something that was invented long before, you know, I'm sure even we knew what the word COVID was. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Unless one of the people in Bare Naked Ladies works in Wuhan and had an idea. Now, now we have come full circle, really, yes. or, or not. This is a whole side of the lab leak theory no one's ever thought about before. It's it's, it's nice to shift the blame to the bare naked ladies. I'm sure they can bear the weight. Well, we haven't seen them in a while. They're still over in Canada, I think. That's true. They were the last. I saw them with Hootie. That was the last concert I saw before uh, uh, COVID hit. So who knows? And all roads lead to hootie yeah yeah mike <laughs> <laughs> let's just drag everybody's name and do what we can i'm gonna um, do whatever i can to get fired today so <laughs> <laughs> that's what we like to do on this show we like to make that's sure right. we end a career by the end of the episode <laughs> um yeah man it's it's just awesome though you know what's crazy too is like people don't realize that like because we have to book this stuff in advance i swear to god like i'll book a bunch of shows and by the time it's ready for me to go back out, a new variant fucking hits and I have to cancel those shows and people get pissed. And you're like, I I'm not fucking doing it on purpose, man. It takes it like you cancel a gig because of COVID and everybody gets shifted down like weeks and months. So it's just it's hard to figure out when it's going to hit. It, it's true. I mean, it the planning. Uh, let's just put it this way. If I was a if I was a tour manager or a manager manager, I think this is where like for me it would be like okay game over i'm i'm <laughs> i'll see you guys later i'm gonna go find something a lot less stressful to do yeah um, because uh like we went from uh gosh we were playing 120 130 shows a year and i think over the two-year span that covid proper um was really taking hold of the the world we did like 16 shows or something. Oh, wow. Wow. You know, crazy like that. And so 
you know, it, it, the number of, of, of people that it affects, not only from a, uh, obviously from a health standpoint, from uh, a job standpoint, psychological standpoint, yeah. um, you know, it, it just, uh, all those articles that you heard and read about, well, how does this affect, you know, live music and, and then, you know, for a while there, I was, I was telling a, this Uber driver the other day, I said, remember that weekend that they tried drive-in shows, you know, mm-hmm. like, Hey, let's get in our car and let's go drive in and see a concert. And for a, for a little while there, we were all cringing thinking, Oh my God, this is what it's going to come to. Yeah. Like we're going to like, our audience is going to be trapped in their own, you know, Pinto or yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Not saying yeah. our audience drives Pinto. <laughs> I was like, that's a very specific audience, but maybe, I like maybe it. they do. Yeah, who knows? Um, we're actually being sponsored by Pinto, so if we can okay, just take well. a minute, um, yeah, just to give an appetite. Um, yeah, it is. It is weird. Like, we, I went to a. Uh, I mean, I did some stand-up shows and stuff like that, or tried to do some weird shit when this first started. And I can't tell you, man, the dread of thinking that people were going to want to come in their cars and honk instead of laugh. I was yeah. like, I'll fucking quit. I'll I'll, I'll bag groceries for the I'm it's out. Well, and that and that I think was the was sort of we weren't saying we were gonna quit, but it was certainly demoralizing to think. Um, well, is this all there? You know, is that, it's like that song. Is that all there is? I mean, it's yeah. Like, um, you know, we were we were doing some virtual shows, and. Um, I still don't understand what that word really means, virtual shows, because it was a show, but um, it wasn't like a real show in any traditional sense. Like we didn't have an audience. We were in a studio and, um, you know, it it was it was just odd. It was just really odd for a couple of years. So did you get get on like this at all and try to, you know, uh, connect with your own fan base? Yeah, I've I've done a, a few of these, and and uh, no one's you know complained too too much yet. So, yeah, but there's always good. today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's frustrating as shit. I'm glad it's kind of getting back to whatever. Because I even remember even freaked out. I went to see a drive-in movie when I thought it was. I mean, you know, when it was like. I guess whenever they told us it was safe randomly and like, right. I'm not going to sit in my car. I'm going to sit on the fucking roof of my car and, and you know, whatever. And it was me and another uh, comedy buddy of mine and she and I were just sitting around or whatever. And I remember at one point thinking though, like, Oh my God, everybody's sitting out in the car. Am I going to get it? And I'm like, why am I nervous? I'm outside in an open fucking field. Like you just didn't yeah. know. And was, yeah. Yeah. But it was just yeah. fucking nerve wracking no matter what you were doing. Agreed. And, you know, um, I love, uh, I love movies more specifically. I love the popcorn. Yeah. So um, yeah. <laughs> a, a lot of times I would, I would just go into the theater, eat my popcorn and then say, okay, time to go. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get the hell out of here before I catch COVID. Yeah. So, because I, I just, you know, there's something about being in a theater and, and, and even for uh, 20 minutes, just ex- absorbing that atmosphere hmm. That yeah. it was sort of just, you know, taken away from all of us in one way or the other. The little simple, the simple things, really. Yeah. Uh, not, not to mention the big things like, you know, being in a, the hospital or whatever. Oh, God. I know. But, I remember for um, a hot. Uh, right. okay. No, I was going to say, I remember for like a hot second when like we all got vaxxed and we thought like, yay, no more masks or whatever. I felt like Buzz Lightyear when Woody hits his thing and his 
thing pops up and he's like gasping for air and he's like, wait, I can still breathe. This is yeah. nice, <laughs> you know. But yeah, just- uh, John, uh, the um, boy in the plastic bubble. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, man. It's all weird. And now Mike Tyson smacking the shit out of people on the airplane. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean that that to me is a, sa- a sense that we're all getting back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sign. It's like it's like a light. They're gonna have like a little light up sign of him on an airplane now. It's gonna be like the no smoking sign, and then it's just gonna be Mike Tyson being the shit. And now we can take off our masks. I wanted uh, to know how that guy. Did you see the footage of of the the individual that that got pummeled? Yeah. The the, the pre the the stuff before he got pummeled. Yes. No. I wanted to know how he got in that section anyway. He did. He looked like he snuck up there. Absolutely, man. That's what I was thinking too. And I was like, there's no way that fucking guy belongs. Like, also, why would you antagonize the shit out of Mike well, Tyson of, of all would. people? Yeah, exactly. It and I like I'm, a, a complete setup. Oh, but. yeah. When they were like when they were like Mike Tyson punched somebody in the airplane, and I'd be like, uh, was there a hole in the airplane after <laughs> yeah, that? Right. Like, there's no way Mike Tyson punches somebody and that guy, like as soon as they were like, um, what did they say? Where he, where the guy was like, oh, he talked to reporters afterward. I'm like, yeah, he didn't get hit by Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was no, when there was no hole shaped man thing, and when he was hanging onto the wing afterward, no, that didn't happen. Well, I think it sounds to me as though Tyson's publicist was filming it anyway. Yeah, I've got my theories on it. I hear you, man. It's a weird way. I, I feel you, man. Sometimes half of this shit, you're like, it's a weird way to get press, but I wouldn't put it past anybody. Oh, of course not. Why yeah. not? And the best part is I'm going to clip this entire section and play the Mike Tyson clip <laughs> while we talk about it because I am now – you piqued my Thank interest. Sounds <laughs> like, no, I did not see the whole thing. I know they're only showing you like a small part of it, but you can find the whole thing. Yeah, there's like there's even like a, a video of the Oscars of Will Smith whispering in Chris Rock's ear back. No, I'm just kidding. There's nothing like that. But I would love to start that rumor. <laughs> right. <laughs> just for the hell of it. Why not? Lindsay said, did Mike Tyson get do a like and subscribe after this? <laughs> Good idea. That'd be wow, great. I love the way that just uh, popped in like that. That was. <laughs> uh, appreciate it. We've had we a got lot all of the special positive, effects here. Positive Ooh. comments coming from I- you. I tried to put uh, put a uh, a green screen behind me and it it, it didn't look uh, right. I wanted wow. to have like a piano in the background. And... Nice. Yep. I, like I like the curb your enthusiasm poster though. That's fucking yes, sick. I I do too. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> you said it so begrudgingly though. Yeah. No, uh, no, I do too. I'm I'm proud of that one. Yeah, that's a cool one, man. How did you handle the pandemic? Were you like cool the first couple of months? Were you like, you know what? I could use the break. Fuck it. Or like, did you do some creative shit? Like, how was that? Well, okay. So that that's a really good question. Um, I originally thought, okay, well, I'm going to take this time to do what every musician says they would like to do, which is build a studio. Oh, so geez. I, uh, I started looking into building a studio and realizing there's no amount of, of money that I can really sink into this nor time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when uh, we're all going to go back to work and get on a plane and get on a bus. So uh, sadly that idea was scrapped and, you know, as Time just has a way of slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Um, <laughs> before you so know good. it, all the all the plans that you had uh, thought looked good on paper 
um, during your downtime, suddenly you don't have downtime anymore. Yep. And you're getting you're getting emails from the manager saying, "Okay, well, looks like you know we're doing this uh, run in uh, April or doing this run in February, or whatever." And all of a sudden, you're back on a bus. Yeah. yeah. So it would have been nice to to be able to do that, but um, probably I think it was probably a good thing that it didn't happen because, like I said, there there are just so many. Um, it seems like everybody's got a studio and and they're all small and they're all run by really proficient musicians who know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And, and certainly I could go and invest in the equipment, but that doesn't mean that there's not a learning curve to all of that. Right. And um, you had, uh, you had, of course, um, uh, uh, a very uh, near and dear to my heart, uh, musician, drummer slash, composer producer on a, a couple weeks ago and yeah. uh you know that's all he's spent uh in his downtime is is running <laughs> a studio and yeah. and making music and so forth so it doesn't happen overnight right and, uh, yeah. i think that um it's it's very very encouraging and very um like you look at it and you say ah oh, i wish you know that could be something that i would really love to do but at the same time, it's like, well, you know, how how can I actually put the time together to really learn it? Yeah. Right? Well, Why aren't you like, how did he find the time to do this and organize well, getting the people to come over? And, and well, I mean, it helps if you are Stuart Copeland, because then you can call <laughs> anybody in the world and have them come over. And, yeah. But, just dropping names like crazy. But, but the thing is, like, you know, like when uh, – like I, I, I recall, if I'm not mistaken, I think like the Equalizer was one of the first the Equalizer TV show. Yeah, it was like '82 or '83 or something, right. and then Wall Street with Michael Douglas. So he's been doing it a while. Yes, yeah. and so all of the stuff that you hear now is just the uh, it's the fruition of all of those years of hard work and and uh, uh, you know making all of the the um well uh, you know learning on the fly sort of mm -hmm. for him i know that a lot of it was just getting in and diving in and teaching mm -hmm. himself certain things about composing and then and then studying uh, with the best and learning from the best and you know so anyway getting back to the pandemic i don't think i had enough time to really do that but it would have been nice yeah you know, not to no. say I want another pandemic to. <laughs> but a mini one wouldn't be too bad to just no, clean up the rest I of the shit, you know. It, it'd be like when you it'd be like when you had like a week off from school for a snow day, and then you're like, you know, I didn't get everything I wanted done, but one more blizzard, you know, <laughs> it wouldn't be too bad. It's still like a week and a half, and then I'll be good. Oh gosh. Yeah, but it's yeah. crazy. I know what you think you ever like sometimes I think like, you know, oh man life is fucking way too long. You know what I mean? Obviously, it depends on how you look at it. But then, I, I'm not You're kidding. the only person ever to think that, oh, Hold think. on. No, no, no. Life, life is short and long at the same time, right? All the good stuff is super short, never uh -huh. lasts long enough. It's almost like a blip in the eye. And then, you know, but when you're going through boring shit, sometimes you're like, holy fucking shit, this is going to take me another. Like, I always think of marriage that way. I know you're married. To, I don't know if you're married, Scott, or anything like that. I'm still single because I'm holding out strong. 
Um, but I, but I think of it like that. Where like, if you're with the wrong person, man, that's a long. Like, I never understood my friends who got married when they were like 20. I'm like, you know, you're gonna live. Our generation in particular has got like a good hundred years, probably. That's a long fucking time, and people will be like, "Nah, you're ridiculous," and now they're divorced. Whatever. But maybe anyway. that was a choice, a a, a very thought out choice, because now you're like, "All right, if I choose a girl that makes me miserable, the days will feel way way doesn't longer." Even have to, doesn't even I'll have to make you miserable. Time in life. Good, good. Doesn't even have to make you miserable in the present. Could be years later. Anyway, but that's not my my point. Was uh, like, you know, it can seem long, but when you think about the culmination of stuff that you kind of you know, all the skills that you acquire over a long period of time, how long it takes you to get to a place, how long it maybe takes you to get kind of centered or like really good at the, the, the thing you've been perfecting over a long period of time. It's like, fuck, you don't have, you know, by the time you get all that, it's kind of like, wow, I wish I could take all that and live another 80, you know, healthy yeah. 80 years or something like that. It's crazy. It seems like everybody kind of, it takes a long time to get to a, a good place like that. I don't know. I, I thought I had a point, but I don't actually. No, you know, there's, there's an interesting, <clears throat> somebody look up this quote, but mm -hmm. it, but it, but it, uh, and pop in with your little message on the, on the, on the <laughs> but, um, <laughs> It has to do with something like if you uh, practice something long enough, it takes so long before you can, can be considered to be adept at uh, any specific skill. Mm -hmm. So any specific skill set that you're looking to acquire, it takes so long. And then you can say, okay, well, I'm sort of an expert at it. Right. Yeah. And maybe even that quote, I'm not. Sean uh, and Kel was correct. A thousand hours. Thank ten, you. Yeah. It's 10,000 hours. Mount ten Gladwell. Yeah. They say you're a professional after 10,000 hours. And if you equate it, you know how people say on a resume they want five years' experience? Five years' experience over that's 50 weeks times 40 hours a week. Bang. Hits your 10,000 hours. And that's why they request it. Yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah. Or if you're on a bus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is crazy to think about that because as soon as you said that stuff about Stuart copeland and how he basically you know anybody else would be like oh man yeah that guy just built himself a studio and now he's got all these and it's like no that was a long career that took a long time to all yeah and if you look at pictures of of his his original studio it wasn't unlike um you know, what I had, for instance, in my little studio in 1981, except uh, we were all on this level playing field as far as equipment was concerned. We right. didn't have digital this and, you know, the the preamps weren't this or they were they were sort of out of the range of most um, uh, uh, cost. They were cost prohibitive. Right. A lot of the equipment. And now anybody can own you know garage band or you know yeah whatever and and they can get the same sort of sounds in a small environment they don't have to go to um a studio where you know you pay 150 dollars an hour or whatever it is i don't even know the going rate for a, a good studio now right. but um yeah. the point is that back then it was really just about being on sort of like the ground floor with things and then just sort of seeing it through. And uh, so Stuart Copeland, certainly, um, you know, he has the musicality to be able to take 
the vision of what he was trying to um, uh, shoot for. And, you know, he had the talent and he had the ability to play other instruments. He, you know, uh, his best, one of the biggest piece of advice he gives to young drummers is learn how to play guitar. Yeah. Wow. And uh, learn how to be a songwriter mm-hmm. and learn what it means to um, uh, own publishing. Right. Good and uh, uh, those are things that usually go right over any, any drummer's head. You know, they, they um, more often than not, a drummer simply wants to know, okay, well, how can I do this rudiment faster mm. or what, what not? Um, and, uh, you know, that stuff's important too. Don't get me wrong, but, but all of that other stuff that, um, that guys like Stuart Copeland and guys like me, uh, try to impart to younger drummers is learn about the things that fall, you know, between the cracks, like, uh, you know, just how to say good morning to your tour manager right? or, or um, how to don't slam a door if you're on a bus <laughs> or, uh, you know, just the simple things that will keep you uh, probably in work or, uh, you know, working for a band a lot longer than if you were to be the fastest drummer on the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Did it take you a lot? I mean, I don't even know if this is the right way to phrase it, but like, you know, you're talking about building a studio, the time it takes. Um, but let's say investing in yourself, right? Did you ever feel like, you know, maybe um, you wouldn't do that kind of stuff because it wasn't, you weren't in the right place at the right time to maybe take that leap or, or do it like, like, how did you get over that? Or what, or what point maybe in your career where you're like, you know what, at this point, I'm worth taking these risks you know, financially to better my own, you know, craft and everything else? Well, okay. So certainly um, I must credit my, my dear parents for, um, for taking that leap of faith in me. Um, It choked up here, but they, they were the ones who bought me the Simmons SDS sevens when in 1985 or whatever it was. Nice. Uh, they were the ones who sold stocks to um, to make sure that I had the tools, even though I was a 17 year old kid who was just dreaming. You know, yeah, yeah. I just had my dreams, and uh, I knew what I wanted to do. But you know, I was I was 17 years old. I didn't have a fully formed brain. Right. Uh, like, how could I? How could I possibly know? you know, how to walk through what door and be in what place at what time. Um, I didn't I didn't have any idea, but my parents believed in me and they saw in me that I was I was serious mm-hmm. and that I did have a passion and that I did have a dream. And they they, I think, to this day, um, live vicariously through me. I mean, I will get, um, my folks are 86 and 83. And, um, even though we're like, I have actually added them to our little itinerary or electronic itinerary, my mom will, um, look up 
where the hotel is going to be for that day. <laughs> and she'll send me like little notes on where I'm going to be staying. Mm. And um, it's wonderful. You know, that's beautiful. And, that is wonderful. Were uh, they, were they musically inclined? Uh, no, my, my folks, my folks weren't, I came, I came from a musical family. Mm -hmm. Um, my, I think my mom's, let's see, I always get this wrong. My <laughs> mom's, my mom's great aunt or great, great aunt was this woman named Kitty Wells, who was the queen of country music, more number mm -hmm. one records than any other, um, country music, female country music singer in the fifties. Wow. Um, no. It, it, her name is even in the the actual movie Coal Miner's Daughter. Loretta Lynn like cites her as being like if there was no Kitty Wells, there would you know be no Loretta Lynn. Or wow, wow. So, having said that, does that have any bearing on me? No, but, <laughs> but it, it does mean that that my parents always, or especially my mother. Um, she always had a very uh, fond appreciation for music and being around musicians. Hmm. Um, like she grew up playing in, in uh, you know, the backyards of uh, the front yards of all these Grand Ole Opry, you know, cats, you know, nice. Nashville, Tennessee, where she was from. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think that that probably helped along the way. Sure. Yeah, because you knew it was feasible. It's it's an attainable dream. As, yeah, as opposed to like a lot of yeah. people's parents are like, mm, stop stop gazing at the stars and get a job job. You're... Well, there was that too. <laughs> but, <laughs> See, but, they're still saying that to me. But yeah, I was gonna say I still I still get that every every once in a while. Walmart's hiring. Um no. <laughs> You know what's crazy is when the pandemic hit, how quickly other people were ready to give up on your dream. Like I had, I had people going, they're like, "What are you gonna do now? It's all over for you." And I'm like, "Fuck, I guess, yeah." Like it's true, and you know, um, all you can say to that is, you know, just I don't know what to say. I just try to say, okay, look, you do you to sound like a TV commercial. You do you. You <laughs> do me, and. Uh, and you know, let's see how this works out. You know, yeah, it's still everything still remains a dream. Some uh, in in a good way, mm -hmm. like um, you know, uh, it's it's still surreal to me that after all these years, I can even be sitting here with you guys talking about going out on tour in a month and a half. Uh, and playing Red Rocks. I mean, yeah, man. For for me. Yeah. You know, not every, not every drummer, not every musician gets to to say those words. Yeah. And um, I say it uh, every single interview or or chat that I do that there are so many more <clears throat> musicians and drummers out there that are far uh, better. They're far um, uh, on levels that I just. I just throw my hands up. I say, I, I flip through Instagram and I see all these drummers and I say, not this guy. I, I, I like, <laughs> have fun with all that, but I can't like, that's above my pay grade. I can't do it, but I can be this drummer for this band in this particular thing. And uh, I can do it. And I've done it for like almost 11 years now. 
Yeah, man. Longest tenured Gin Blossoms drummer. I was just going to say, I saw that article, man. That's fantastic. Uh, yes. What do you have on the other members of the band? I'm just kidding. I uh, mean, <laughs> you, you want to uh, name a category? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. You're like, it's all in a lockbox. No, no. Uh, you know what's crazy? Yeah. I was going to say, how weird would it be to have to go get a regular, like, get a regular job and then go to apply your resume and there's this 20-year gap in, in regular work, you know no, what I mean? Where you're that'd like, be the oh, best resume ever. He would write. You mean blocks. reality? You mean you mean what was it like before I got uh, a call from Robin Wilson? Uh, yeah, in, in twenty ten <laughs> or whatever. Well, I'll tell you exactly how it was. Um, <clears throat> so I was uh, playing in a band, mm -hmm. uh, of course, and uh, it, uh, a fantastic band. Uh, 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 here in phoenix we had just spent literally two or three years making a record i mean it was it was one of those records that to this day i listen to it and it's just it's fantastic okay nice. get done with that and then what happens to most bands after they spend two or three years on a record they're they're toast Mm -hmm. I mean, and and that's sort of what happened with this band. It was it was just the, the energy had sort of just sadly had dropped. So I, even though I have a I had a profuse fear of flying, I um, I started making out resumes to become a flight attendant. Wow! Oh shit! And I was uh, submitting my resumes to um, to a couple of airlines, one in particular, and I was I was getting ready to go <laughs> become a flight. I was going to go be, be attempt to become a flight attendant with that twenty year gap in whatever you're talking about. They wouldn't have hired me. I would have been rejected. But the point is, the effort was there. Yes. Was that? Anyway, was then that I shape? got a call. Then I got a call from Robin Wilson, and my time, my number was up. That's fucking awesome, dude. Wow. What was that? Wait, I gotta ask. Was that to shake your fear of flying, or you just was like, "Fuck it, I just want to do it anyway." Oh no, I, it was called desperation. Oh, okay, all right. I was like, I that's didn't a, want to fly. In fact, I never um, thought about that. I was like, that's a good way to shake your fear. Like, fuck it, I'm afraid. I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna get a. No, you're like, no, it's not. It. No, I had a. I had a friend actually. You would be rad at that job. Thank you, John Lighter. <laughs> You have a good sense of humor. Um, so, uh, uh, no, you know, um, I had a friend who were, or, or have a friend who works for Southwest Airlines, the Love um, Airline, I believe. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, she said, well, you know, I'll write you a letter. And I was like, okay, well, what could, what could, what could go wrong? So... <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I was, I was going to do it. And then, man, I, I just lucked out, you know, my time, yeah. my time literally came up, you know, I like to say that I manifested the gym blossoms thing, but it truly, um, I remember when, um, when, uh, they were on the cover of musician magazine mm. and, uh, they, you know, they were on Letterman and every time I would see them, I would, I would, I would record their I would record their uh, performances on my VHS and I would mark it VHS Letterman, June 1st, whatever. 
And <laughs> and meanwhile, I would I would have such incredible like love and envy for them, and at the same time, I hated them. Yeah, <laughs> because I said I deserve that Jim Blossom's drumming position, nice. and then for it to years later somehow some way it came in my direction you know That's what awesome, i want to tell people is you know uh, right place right time and you got to be ready yes nice. you saw the saw the vhs tapes oh yes nice i'm not sure if they're if what's on them but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i do have, says, have them that's great were they, what was it? Do you remember like a, the first band that like really kind of like ignited your uh, passion for, for performing? Like where you're like, I want to do that. Well, without again, sounding like a broken uh, record. I, I, all right. Instead of naming like the police, mm -hmm. yeah. I'll, I'll tell you that the first record that I heard where I said, I would love to be a drummer and, and uh, hearing it on, a record daily uh, was uh, this record by Tom Jones called Live at the Talk of the Town. Oh, nice. Okay. Now, it's a very, I think it's like an out of print record. Maybe not. I don't know. But, mm -hmm. and I'm not even sure who the drummer is, but just amazing. Amazing drumming. Amazing, like just big band. The, the arrangements are fantastic. And the drumming is just out of this world. I mean, it's just like, it's again, it's stuff that I wish I could do. You know, I, maybe I could do it, you know, if I practiced. But it was, I mean, that was one of the first things that I, I remember hearing as a child and thinking, okay, that. Wow. And then, and then flash forward years later, I remember uh, hearing uh, uh, One World is Enough. Uh, and hearing the the between the sound of the hi hat of Stuart Copeland's hi hat and then the crack of the snare drum, that's when I was like, okay, sonically, this is registering on some sort of visceral level. That as a as forget drumming, it just had it just it, it's hitting me someplace up here that I can't explain. Mm, and yeah. so I remember sitting in uh, my friend's uh, Bronco in high school and he was playing like an eight track tape or something. And he was like, let me, let me play you this. And uh, I was like, that's it. I'm, I'm hooked. And so I, I think it was around 16. And then by, by 17, I had, um, I had told Pepperdine university Thanks, but no thanks. Um, and uh, yeah, so from there, it sort of just went uh, in the direction of being, you know, trying to be in, in a band and be a, what you see today. Beautiful. Yeah. What, where did you go to high school, man? Where, you, where, you, where were you born? Uh, I, well, I was born in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. Uh, I moved to Arizona in 74. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and I and I went to a um, a, a Catholic uh, a Jesuit Catholic high school um, called Brophy College Preparatory. Okay. Wow. And um, yeah, it uh, that they don't turn they don't turn out many um, 
Jim Blossom's drummers, at least in my mind. <laughs> well, no, I, I lived in Tempe, Arizona. When okay. I was, yeah, when I was a kid, yeah. And uh, my aunt and uncle went to either the same high school as the Gin Blossoms guy, like everybody from the Gin Blossoms, or their, or, or their, yes, or their rival high school, I think it was. But they used to, like, so when I get, but they used to play locally and stuff like that, they would, like, go. Yeah, so uh, what uh, what year was that? Oh, my God. Um, let's see. I was a 90, 1990, something okay, like that. 90, so yeah, yeah. You, were, you were right there at the, at the uh, what do they call that? Inception. Inception. Yeah. Yeah. And it was crazy, man. And that's one of the things I always remembered because I was just like, I mean, who comes? Nobody nobody came out of Tempe that I know of anyway. Did uh, you get Wongs a lot? No, I was, I was a kid. I mean, I was there. I was only, I went to like Rover elementary school. That's my, no, I was, I was four years old. I was between jobs living with my parents. I was at four, you know, I was, I was hanging out at all this, all the cool clubs and shit. And, you know, I was, uh, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. My uncle, <laughs> my, cause you know, I guess, people were freaked out by people with long hair back then. still too, my uncle had about the same hair length you did. And he picked me up from school once and he was walking me home. And this woman, like somebody, some kid's mother, like pulled up alongside of us in a truck. And she was like, John, do you know this man? And for whatever reason, I just wouldn't respond. And my uncle was like, tell her, you know me. And I was like, Nope. And it was like at the, at the peak of that, like, dudes with long hair are like psychotic and you know they're like strangers and he was like tell her i'm your uncle i was like don't feel like it (laughs) we were not we were not allowed i mean this this right here would have gotten me um they would have actually probably taken a a a butcher knife and just chopped my my hair off oh man wow i mean they they did crazy things there at brophy like uh like when your uh when your mustache was trying to come in and if you hadn't shaved yet, shaven, shaved, yeah, yeah. they would just take a, uh, they would make you go to the thing and dry shave it. Oh, wow. so that was your initiation. Yeah. So, yes. And if your shoestrings were undone, they would come by and they would have like a, a knife and they would just trim them for you because, of course, you didn't remember to tie your shoes. Wow. Wow. Holy fuck. Jesuits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you escape that? You know, to believe it or not, I actually, um, this is going to sound, maybe I'm a sadist, but I, um, the, the, the Jesuits were actually uh, quite fantastic as far as, um, they, uh, opened up a lot of avenues as far as, uh, thinking they kind of taught me like everything that I thought that I knew that I thought that I would know about going to a Catholic high school. And by the way, I'm not even not even Catholic, but I just, I just wanted, I just wanted a good education. And so that was the school to go to. Right. Anyway, they did it through a lot of fear, but, mm. um, but other than that, they did it through just challenging the student to, uh, well, this all of a sudden doesn't seem very rock and roll, but they, they, they forced you to think on your own and, uh, uh, despite the you know dry raising uh, razor shaving and mm-hmm. yep. yeah I, I i don't have a good razor story but i was one of those kids you know i'm As italian well, you no yeah thank you uh, but, I, but i'm a, i'm italian and uh i remember in seventh grade 
uh, you know, when you're, when you're younger and you're Italian, you're, you're dark skin. You know what I mean? I didn't have like the greatest hair. You know, I was, I was a kid. I was seventh grade, but I had that like too early mustache thing coming. You know what well, I mean? Sure, where yeah, people, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. So like, so first of all, ethnically, I, people didn't know what I was. <laughs> didn't matter what I was. You know what I mean? But I was just like that weird. I was that weird olive skin kid. You know what I mean? Who like kind of looks old. He's got a mustache coming. And out of the blue, I remember the teacher like comparing, like talking about. She was trying to like loop everybody together, but it didn't wasn't working really well. And she was just like, so and so looks like this. Pover Homo looks like a terrorist. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, where did that? And what? I think she was like going for unity, but I was like, well, you know, that's going to haunt me for the rest of my goddamn like, fucking. Get my lawyer on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, I was like, why is it? Because I have like a, a half of a mustache thing coming in or something like that. <laughs> and she was like, everything. The whole look is really disturbing. Um, I was like, fuck. I'm oh. Yeah. You should have been like, wait till you see me in 2022. Oh boy. Right? <laughs> Wait till you see all of us in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Do you remember so let's uh, I mean speaking of rock and roll shit, do you remember like a lavish thing that you bought? Like let's say like you know, you're in the gin blossoms, you're making a shit ton of money. Did you did you spend foolishly at one point? Wait, I'm waiting for his other guest. What that is <laughs> Now I know we got it all messed up. Every, every, no, everybody's got a I should not have bought that story. I don't care what at what point in your career, you know what I mean? Okay, I can tell you what I shouldn't have bought. These things. I can pick it up right now for you. Oh, the Oculus. <laughs> not loving it? You know, I um, the jury is still out. I'll tell you what I enjoy on it. I enjoy watching the uh, immersive. Uh, I've been I've been watching The Sopranos for the eighty eighty fifth time, but it puts you in a in a in a theater surrounding. So, yeah. like I've I've done it. I busted it out on a plane a couple of times just to <laughs> sort of get get some, uh, you know, whatever. Like I, I not that I'm even people are looking at me because I have no idea. <laughs> but um, it's got a, it's got a, I know I'm going to end up on one of those sites. Like, Hey, look at this jackass. <laughs> but anyway. I never thought of bringing it on a plane before. I would love it. If you just lost yourself on like a roller coaster, virtual reality ride and just started shifting in your seat violently. Well, okay. So not to get all nerdy, but if, because the Oculus has this tracking feature, unless you have, um, uh, well, because the plane is moving, uh -huh. the tracking is thrown off. So you keep having to adjust oh. manually wow. where the Oculus is sort of, um, you know, where it's yeah, like where your location is. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there are times when the thing is just spinning around and around and around and you're like in a theater that's like, you know, you feel like you're on, uh, you know, some sort of uh, acid. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I almost got one of those for free. I was supposed to do a show in Vegas before Omicron hit, and it's a virtual reality stand-up show where you do it live for 15 minutes. You go in the back of the room, you put the Oculus shit on, and then they've got one of those. Have you seen those portal things that they have that they're advertising? Where like something, whatever, whatever you can take, you take a 3D image, you can take a piece of art from another part of the world, and like it, it pops up in this little fucking phone booth type of thing. But so I would go in the back room, put that on, and a cartoon version of me would appear in the portal. But I'm I would appear. That? What did you think of that? 
I only I didn't get to do that. I've oh, been okay. I've been in it and I see it. I didn't get to do it because it got canceled because of Omicron. But I really I've I performed virtually like that before. It's not bad. The, it's a little weird, but if you just adjust to the timing of it, because you're still kind of like, I think there's still like a little bit of a delay. You know what I mean? So it's a little sure, weird. Sure. Yeah, but it's a little weird. But other than that, I think it's fucking cool as shit to come back, like put a thing on and appear somewhere else as a cartoon version of yourself. That's uh, my dream. Well, we we have been discussing the possibility of doing this in a in a virtual like a dystopia in a virtual platform. So if Scott yeah. wants to be a guest, okay. we might have to invite him back for this. Okay, yeah. dude, you yeah. you could. I'm not even kidding you. The guy is going to build us like a virtual dystopia studio to do a, a special show with the Oculus. Let's do it. I'm totally in. cool. High totally five. Virtual high five. Virtual high five. Boom. With it. Oh, Love it. Absolutely. Did oh man, see, that's great. Did you see the um, the uh, 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 about to say Pearl Jam movie, the Foo Fighters movie, the the Pearl Jam high five? Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. That was no. great. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, are you guys like? Uh, that's a good question because here's what I want to know: When you guys go out on the road and it's you, you know, Toto, Atraga, Bare Naked Ladies. Is it just constant? Are you guys just fucking around the whole time? You've been friends forever. Is it like, or do you do you guys like, you know, who's the guy who has to take the footage of the road trip? Or is there anybody that that does that? Or you guys just, you know? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good question. Um, for this time out, uh, a lot of those things. Well, for me, there, uh, I don't know that I know. Let's see. I'm trying to think if I have personally played with Toad maybe once or twice. I know that the Jim Blossoms proper have played with Toad many times. Okay. Um, bare naked, maybe a couple of times, but I don't I don't recall playing with them. So so for me, it's sort of been, it's gonna be like a whole new bunch of cast of characters. And it's not only gonna be the bands, but it's gonna be the crew. Uh, yeah. the crew members it's going to be the tour managers it's going to be all that stuff so it's it you're going to find out in a month and a half you know listen i'm like switzerland i get along with everybody <laughs> and i love everybody and i don't ever see issues like that that come up but there are times uh oh boy i shouldn't have said that there, there are times <laughs> oh, good. on other tours where it it doesn't always work out like that and so you have to yeah certainly you know be on guard like okay who's getting along with you know so and so you know so but as far as uh what was the second part like uh taking uh video footage like who's posterity, footage, you know? a lot of that i enjoy doing because i i like cool. um i like capturing uh well i used to i used to like capturing fo uh, photos for instagram and and now it seems like the metrics of uh, Instagram have changed to where it's all TikTok reels. Oh, or, dude, it's fucking obnoxious, yeah. man. And to keep to have to keep up with doing that kind of stuff, I finally begrudgingly started doing it because it was I was pushed into it. You got to You got to keep up. Well, and I don't want to do that. I know. I don't want to take my pictures of, of like the you know the lobby, the, yeah, four thirty <laughs> lobby call with all of us looking bleary eyed like that to me now we're yeah. gonna have to do it in like you know like <laughs> the, the, the 4 30 a.m lobby call challenge like <laughs> you know musicians challenge uh, like, how many times are we gonna see this shit right i know dude it's Agreed. so fucked up how homogenous it is but everybody's still like if you don't do it you're just fucking left out of it 
Well, it's like, is, is it fear of living? What's it called? Uh, yeah, FOMO, YOLO, fear of missing out. YOLO, and then there's FOMO. FOMO, yeah. yeah. And I I think it, like this is more like, uh, I don't know what this is. It's like uh, foaming at the mouth. It's just like you, you <laughs> it's, just, it's just the same content over and over again. Yep. Yeah. It's it something I, new. I have FONMO, which is fear of not missing out. If I feel like I'm involved in too many things, I'm like, yeah. There you <laughs> I'd go. Rather be at home. Um, yeah, it's weird, man. I I don't like the like. I'm I'm envious sometimes of how good uh, bad artists are at editing. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like when you see right. somebody who's like, you're like, God, that person fucking sucks. When you see them live, but on the internet, they're like, quick cut, quick cut. Uh, could, you know, and they do all this shit or whatever, and I'm just like, I, I, why can't I do that? Because I fucking suck at that. <laughs> I'm terrible at that. You know, I never know the right song. They're like, oh, this song is trending, and I'm like, uh, do you have anything by the Turtles or anything? But, you know, <laughs> I, you know, it's uh, play me, Flo and Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and they're like, why would you pick that? I'm like, because it's a beautiful song. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I just... Are Flo and Eddie from Jersey? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, by the way. That was nice, nice uh, tossing it out to my state. Gonna keep Are that you in mind for Wonder Bar. <laughs> my my dad's my dad's from uh, East Brunswick. Oh, nice man. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm grew up in Tom's River, and I live in uh, LBI now. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, there you, you're like I don't care. I, well, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I I rarely ever say those two <laughs> names of play, like people actually know, but you threw out East Brunswick and it ignited something in me, and I was like, I'm gonna. I'm gonna also well, share places. I just think of of uh, uh, turnpikes and oh. um, is it turnpike? What was the State other Parkway? Word? Yeah. Yes, the parkways yeah. and the turnpikes. Turning, turning. Uh, Jug right handles. to go left. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know Dun somebody uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all the go. good. All the all the and stuff Wawa. that causes early deaths in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> turning lanes and Dunkin' Donuts is what kills off everybody here. <laughs> I wish I was joking, but that's the fucking truth. It was, it was just an accident, uh, like not like three hours ago, because somebody hit the wrong side of the uh, the um, toll booth and just flipped his car over. He's fine. Oh, wow. But like, yeah, I'm like, ah, it's toll booth. You know, it's all gonna wind up. I, somebody told me this bullshit. It had to, it has to be bullshit. I never even bothered to look it up. But they were like, oh yeah, you know the. I don't even know why this would be like a. Uh, even like a fun fact you would make up, but they're like, oh, you know, the jug handles in New Jersey are actually old Indian hunting trails. Uh, it's just like, what kind, of a fucking, what kind of a fucking moron Native American would be hauling ass <laughs> after a buffalo and go, wait, wait, guys, we got to make this quick turn. <laughs> and then we go after it. It's going to throw them off. Uh... Hunting trails, my ass. Stupid. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, are you guys going to be in New Jersey or no? <laughs> uh, me? Yeah, you guys going to come to the East Coast oh, on the tour? Uh, it was funny because your eyes were eyes were going that way. I was like, oh. Um, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, like uh, uh, you know what? It seems like we're always in Jersey. Uh, uh, you know what? Let's check. Let's go to I'll the... I'll check for you. Don't worry. I'm going to pull up check. the tour come for on. you real fast. Yeah, I would love. I mean, that's the. I think you guys were supposed. That's where I got the tickets. I think you guys it were. Feels like is Holmdale in uh, Jersey? Yep, Holmdale is New Jersey. It's PNC. Absolutely, PNC man. That's where all the okay, good shit. So happens. there you go. I saw. I think. Oh man, I think you oh, were probably. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. I'm wrong. No, I'm kidding. 
Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> I was like, where, where else is there another home? Um, <laughs> Lewiston. Is that, uh, that's New York. Yep. I think that's yep. upstate New York. Upstate. That's July 5th. Quite a hike. Well, then why am I on this? You guys are, you guys yeah, are no, it's Philadelphia PA July 12th. We might be able to yes. do that one. That would be a cool yes, one. So we're playing like, uh, what is that? The Met? Yep. The yeah. Met. Yeah. So that, I mean, honestly, this, this is going to be a fun, a fun, um, did sure. you play with? Uh, I I saw you guys when um God my friend turned twenty one uh at Jenkinson's in in Point Pleasant. Were you there? I think you were with the band then. Jenkinson's. Yeah, in Point Pleasant. It's like a little rock. Is that the name of a band. <laughs> Jenkinson's. <laughs> <laughs> we gospel. have weird names for our beach it's club. A really good gospel group that we played with one night. No, um, we're. Uh, <laughs> The Jenkinson family. Let's bring them on out. <laughs> uh, the whitest fucking people you've ever seen. How long ago was that? Oh my god! Um, over, I think about, I don't know. Yeah, that was that was uh, a little over ten years ago. Oh, so you said you've been with the band eleven. Right that was before. That might have been right on the uh, right on the cusp. Coast. Yeah, it's a good club, man. That was fucking awesome. Um, what are you are you do you have any favorite places you're, i know you said bread rocks and stuff like that but do you have a place that you look forward to going back to when you're on the road like well certainly i uh the greek theater holds a special place in my heart uh just because it um i used to go out there all the time and see um uh, uh, sting play i think oh. i saw him like six, five six times there nice wow. and uh um so i've since this is i think this would be my third time out there playing that's awesome Greek theater so uh and last time i think we had uh, uh snoop dogs dressing room which is oh kind that's of sick man really it wasn't like snoop wasn't in there right but like they had a little you know plaque set up saying hey snoop dog was here <laughs> couldn't you just tell from the smoke yeah just <laughs> like a giant mounted joint um <laughs> ryan uh, robin tried to pry it off the wall and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um so no that'll be fun and then uh uh yeah i just uh you know it's always fun playing hometown shows and uh i think we're playing phoenix like the day before day after uh la oh nice man so yeah. that'll be good and yeah. then um you know it's just uh, I, I try not to look one I, I try not to look at these tours too far in advance or you know I'll also not try to just forget that ham hey, and about I'm about to play five shows in five days because if you do that then you then your body uh and your mind are kind of aren't prepared for it you know you sort of have to pace yourself but the nice thing about this tour is I think we're playing like 40 or 45 minutes a night so you go out you give it your all mm -hmm. yeah. but it's not 90 minutes right right and um and let me tell you if we were playing 90 minutes a night uh that's yeah, that's that's a tough one that's yeah. a tough one because because then you know there's a little more pacing involved from from the standpoint of um you know the the show itself and also the way you know just the the amount of energy that you have to put into it if you play the first two songs you know balls to the wall by that fourth song you'd be like hitting the be like doing 
Puffer. <laughs> but um, but yeah, forty-five minutes. Uh, it'll be it'll be fantastic. It's going to be a lot of fun. Really is this is something cool. that you'd struggled with when you were younger, when you were drumming, that you would give a, a, like some like a piece of advice you would give somebody today that like, hey, look out for this. Like it's a it's a. Well, you know, um, you know, actually, I, I, I'll answer that question. I'll answer that question in my own way. <laughs> I'll answer that question by by saying that that I get uh, parents that will come up to me uh, sometimes after a show and they'll say, well, first of all, they'll say, do you give lessons? And wow. I'll say, I never took a lesson. So wow. you don't don't talk to me about lessons. Right. However, lessons can be good for the right <laughs> student and at the right time. Mm -hmm. So until then, my my advice is literally always the same. It's uh, encourage your kid. Um I often say instead of getting, and I know it's, I know that a lot of times uh, parents can't um, have a, a an acoustic drum set set up in their in their home because it's too loud and they have to play the electronic uh, kit, but it does feel differently. Even the best electronic kits don't feel the same as a good acoustic kit. Mm. Is this the is this the kind of answer you're looking for? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, no, this yeah. Is good. no, this is great. All right, so um, get a kit, get um, even even like uh, those little those those sure in in ears that eighty nine bucks at a guitar center, mm. um, and then plug your iPhone your i whatever into your little contraption and then just play they just right. and then just get confident playing along trying to figure out things on your own without going to youtube because if you go to youtube and you start watching videos on how red barchetta was played by neil uh pert mm -hmm. um what you're doing is you're getting a watered down, in some cases, five or 10 times removed version of what that actually was. Uh -huh. Instead, let the drummer figure out, even if it's wrong. That makes sense. Go, go ahead and, and take some stabs at it because what you'll end up finding is you may not be as wrong as you think you are. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you grow as a musician. Plus, it also gives you the the um, the confidence, I think, to finally get in and start playing with uh, with human beings, which is really that's the that's the ultimate goal is just to to have enough courage to play with your favorite songs, play with your play play with your favorite bands, and then say, okay, I'm ready to play with human beings now. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's what I usually tell parents. And then I say, yeah, after that, if you see some uh, desire, if you still see some desire there, um, certainly, yeah, get them to get them in uh, to uh, a therapist immediately. <laughs> no, get them in with a teacher, you know, uh, start learning the, the things that a drummer should know. 
and even just get them a book, you know, get them, get them some uh, stuff to read and, and that will uh, encourage and enlighten um, the mind of a drummer or a musician. You know, it doesn't really have to be, it's not exclusive to a, a drummer by any stretch. It's the same thing with, with anybody. Did you, did you take, uh, did you take Copeland's advice at all before when you were talking about him saying, uh, learn to play the guitar? Have you, you know, I started out on piano, and uh, as with uh, most, you know, seven-year-old piano players, they, uh, no. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. That's going to be the, and with most seven, seven And we were leading players, in. Like. No. <laughs> yeah, we were like, oh, that's great. No, I, I really didn't, and I, and I, I regret it because there was even a time, uh, like, I went through this latency period where, I couldn't play piano. And then about maybe six, seven years later, I sat down and I was like, oh my God, I can actually pay, play some piano still. Wow. And then like within a summer, I lost it all again, oh just because God. I went back to drums. So, right. uh, but absolutely, it's a wonderful, uh, it's just wonderful to be well-rounded and it makes you communicate a lot easier with your fellow bandmates when they start when they start saying, "Well, can you can you do something over here when we go to the D sharp?" Mm -hmm. And you're like, "What the fuck's a D sharp?" <laughs> you know, or, or, or like you know, you can at least feel like you're talking musically as opposed yeah. to just blang or when you go to that boom boom part or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, you can feel like you at least have a vocabulary that's a little more equipped to deal with, uh, with these other, uh, musicians. How did, how that's, did it work? Really, that's, that's the way you want to think of yourself. You don't, you don't want to think of yourself as just a drummer. Right. Even though the, even though everyone else wants you to think of yourself like that, you <laughs> are better than that. <laughs> how does it work for you like musically in your brain man are you are you the type that uh you gotta you gotta actually be at the drum kit working stuff out you know in real time or do you hear you know a beat that you want to play or or like when people are describing something to you do you already hear it in your head how it's going to turn out musically yeah you know um i saw a uh, uh a wonderful uh it was called dave girl storytellers um uh, and he talked about how he used to play with his teeth. Ooh. And uh, when when he was sitting there telling that story, I thought, oh, my God. I thought I was the only one who played with their teeth. <laughs> and I thought I was the only one who wore the enamel down in his teeth. Mm. No, apparently there is an entire team an army of teeth drummers out there from what <laughs> i understand now and uh so yeah i'm much better as a teeth drummer than i am uh uh and don't ask me to do it right now I just, uh, <laughs> no. um, I just actually lost some crowns but um uh yeah like what you're saying um i actually hear the part i visualize the part I, um, before I ever sit down behind a kit, wow. uh, and you know, not to get too whatever about it, but like, yeah, you can go to, you can go to bed and, um, 
you can, you know, wake up and you're sort of like inspired, you know, like you hear, like you've heard things in your subconscious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Subconscious. <laughs> that, that was perfect because that would be like when the dream sequence would come in in the TV yes. show and it get all wavy. <laughs> the, the, uh, the wavy. Just you in bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is awesome. Um, <laughs> that was nice. That was a nice pose. I like that. Right, you're ready to go. Did you ever think, I mean, I got to, I, you know, cause obviously you're going into the arts, but musically, did you ever think about acting? You ever do think about doing any of that kind of stuff? Well, not since I started doing these, uh, these podcasts and, uh, having guys like, uh, you tell me that, <laughs> no, I, you know, cause I've got this movie. It involves nudity, but it's fine. And we're gonna... I, I, I'm fine with all of it. Really? <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, no, uh, you know, I have um, uh, I have not thought of it, mm. but as you get older and you realize that um, uh, you read what people can make doing a, a, a TV commercial and oh, how those yeah. paychecks can uh, continue rolling in well into yeah. your, you know, whatever. That would be fantastic. Sure. Nice you prop placement, by the way. Aquafina right in the front. You're like, anyway, <laughs> anybody asking. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, if you have an agent, please pass them along. Yeah, we'll do. Okay. Um, we'll talk. Yeah. I hope she can help you out more than she's helped me. <laughs> that is what I love, dude. When you, when you left a comment on my Instagram post, I don't even remember what, what the post was or whatever. I was like, oh, dude, you should come on the show. And you're like, have your people call my people. And by that, <laughs> and by that I mean DM me. I was like, oh. One of like three lines. That's that's one of my go-tos. <laughs> it cracked me up right away. Like spinal tap, spinal reboot. tap reboot. Yes, yes, I agree. Absolutely. Can everybody else see these messages too, or is it just me spouting out non sequitur? No, no, everybody can <laughs> <Okay>. see. <laughs> that would be way better if it was a leave. I was like, I was like, why is Scott Hustle just mild Tourette's? Yes. That's why it would be a great <laughs> prank to play on actual guests, though, is that they just start firing off these random questions. Like, nobody can see him answering these. Where's he getting them from? They just pop it into his head. I watch, uh, do you guys, uh, this is, this is now I'm gonna be the guy asking you questions. So, I, sure. I'm obsessed with watching, um, I watch online poker, oh, and um, right up my alley. Okay, so I watched uh, uh this guy, Phil Negrano, kid poker. And yeah. he's always, he's always, he's on there. He's the multitasker. He's on there winning like thousands of dollars or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's, and he's just answering questions on his little Twitch stream. And people are always obsessed with his hair. And, and they're like, oh yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm moving my hair from the front to the back. I have no, you know, he's like, I don't know why I brought up Phil Negrano, except that I just wanted to say his name. <laughs> I was totally with Love you, man. It. I was going along with it. That's great. Oh, yeah. The Twitch stream, dude, is making like first of all, yeah, I watch Tom watches it, I'm sure, because Tom plays poker. Tom plays we we all the started poker all of this previous to all of this before I ever did anything on Twitch or anything. I had a uh, company that we do all gambling and live events and poker and all of that type of stuff. So when it when COVID hit, I moved over to gambling on Twitch live and people were following us and just watching us gamble online, which was weird to me. But it was cool. And then when I met John and a bunch of other comedians, we started doing this in like the comedy vein, which was interesting. So that's how we ended up here, actually, is from gambling online and all that type of stuff. Wow. But well, yeah. see, it, 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 the worlds have collided. 
<laughs> I, won, I won a poker tournament today. I couldn't believe it. I beat 195 other people. Nice. Like, it, dude. Yes. Way to spike. Awesome. Got me nothing. <laughs> you was, it wasn't a buy-in one? No. Oh, I'm a, man. I'm a pussy. <laughs> I, I, I can't afford that. No. I'm going to yeah, teach no. you how to play. Jesse's like, gonna... our gambler in the band. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say that. Wait, should I, I? No, no, that's yeah, fine. That's fine. There's some uh, good. There's some good uh, brand ambassador deals coming up for games. We're gonna do it. Yeah, we're gonna do a dystopia tonight charity poker playing event thing where I'm gonna lose everything. Again, high five. Yeah, high five. Oh, boom. Without yeah. a doubt. Yeah, I can't really play. I mean, Tom. That Tom's always asking me to play. He's like, "Why don't you come in with us?" I'm like, "I'm not gonna be that dude that gets suckered into fucking playing." <laughs> you know, good I can play. Good yeah, he's trying to like rob me of what little. I'm gonna have to start giving away buttons. Anybody <laughs> <laughs> left over? I'm like, yeah, sure. Do you want the Kurt Vonnegut or the Courage the Cowardly Dog? I'll take the Kurt Vonnegut button. You want the Kurt Vonnegut button? I'll send it to you. Pretty That's fine button. with me. Yeah, everybody. I love that everybody loves Vonnegut, man. That's so great. It is true. It is true. Uh, I was. Great. Yeah, man. Um, I got to ask you the three questions that we ask. Right, every hold, hold on, can oh, I? No, can we I got more. Please field some of our questions from Let's the do, crowd. Let's field the because... questions from the crowd. Yeah, because I don't want to miss. And out. Only Scott can see. Yes. Oh no. Oh, so, uh, do you have any rituals before you perform? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Next. <laughs> Next. Now, I um uh I'll I'll tell you briefly. I uh, um. I used to take a nap and uh, that uh, that was sort of something that uh, was tipped along to me by our lead singer. He he um, he takes a nap every day before the show. Really? No. Naps uh, usually leave me feeling like I want more sleep. Me too. Yep. So I um, about three years ago uh, went on a long bus tour and I decided, you know, I'm going to do things differently here with this uh, bus tour. And so I started meditating. And so um, uh, I meditate now, even if it's like, uh, you know, 30, 45 minutes or whatever, it's just enough to re you know, hit the restart button. And um, yeah. So yeah, that if that's a ritual, then then so be it. So be I love it. that. That's a great that's awesome. ritual. I heard I've heard nothing but good things about meditation. Me too, especially the what's the the, the one that uh, Seinfeld does, uh, transcendental meditation TM. Yeah, um, I haven't done transcendental TM, but uh, TM for the <laughs> in the know <laughs> for the David Lynch among us. Uh, no, I haven't done that one. Uh, they give you a specific uh, uh, word or a frequency or something. If I'm if I'm understanding this correctly, yeah. and uh, but no, mine uh, the the stuff that I do is more of um, it's actually really quite simple. All you just do is you sit and you are still and you you try to uh, make the body as still as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And then the mind follows, hmm. and that's so you, it. So, you, do you, are you supposed to? Because I can't imagine. I mean, I've sat quietly before, you know, but but my my brain's still going like a mile a minute. Does eventually it even out? Like, do you actually just wind up getting quiet in your head? Uh, yeah, in in theory, but I mean, don't expect it to to happen. Um, 
uh, I mean, we could, you want to send me your, uh, your, uh, Twitter, your, no, never mind. <laughs> I, I could talk to you about this sure, uh, yeah. offline. Oh yeah. Okay. Great. A long time. But, and it, and it, it truly is, is it's life changing. It's been life changing for me. Hmm. Um, there, there are so many things that can be improved upon, uh, with still with the stillness of the of the mind and in your body and and just getting caught up in thoughts um not getting caught up in the future not getting caught up in in all of the shit that you've done in the past yeah um you know it's i mean you hear all of the cliches which sound like cliches about be here now live in the present moment but they're they've been around quite a while and they you know i mean at least this person uh can attest to you know their benefits so it's a really good question actually that is a good ritual nicely done nicely that is done. very very well done let's see Sun- sunlight just says something if someone was sitting next to you scott and they wanted your oculus would you share it on the plane okay so uh this too is a very good question and um i would share but the problem is that uh covid no kidding Uh, (laughs) um, no the the problem is that when you take the 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 apparatus off your head Uh um and you try to put it on somebody else's head it kind of uh it uh, deactivate deactivates hmm. your connection to it. So uh-huh. I would then have to, you would have to hand it back to me quickly. I would have to click the little things that, that unlock it and then hope that that sticks and then give it back to you. Okay. Got it. It doesn't, it doesn't really work. Uh, so to answer his question, no, no, you not have his Oculus. <laughs> they, even make, they even make meditation uh uh apps for the oculus but you keep your eyes open and you're surrounded and there's this beautiful woman sitting on a on a uh, on an ocean and and you're like mm. this is this is not meditation <laughs> i tried one of those apps for the phone where they have somebody talk to you and the entire time i'm doing it i'm like god this fucking woman's annoying what does she sound like i think i met somebody who sounds like this you know she has a high pitch and i'm just started thinking about the woman speaking and what it is and what's going on yeah, yeah is, it, is it the calm app yeah calm yeah, a doctor told me to get it, so I was like, "He must know what he's talking about." You know, and in all fairness, I uh, like the very first app that I started on was Calm, oh. and uh, what I found was her voice was actually um, distract. I don't want to say any bad things. No, it's I know okay. distracting. No, you're you're I, right. It was. I thought it was sort of distracting. Yes, agreed. That's what happened to me. And I don't mean that in a bad. Like I think she's got an in- incredibly nice voice, mm-hmm. but. That like I like my I like my guided med I, I use guided meditations and so I like my guided meditations to be seventy five year old Buddhists I, or Nick Offerman. There you go, uh, <laughs> Nick Offerman. I heard for the first time the other day. That was me too. I know. I was like, this guy's fucking awesome. Yeah, very calming. <laughs> Who knew? Fucking Ron Swanson, man. <laughs> Ron Swanson. No good. 
let me see. Is Jin up first on the tour or is Toad? Ooh. And now you're, uh, boy, this is a puzzler. No, you know what? I think that we are playing the middle slot, the coveted middle slot. Very nice. Very nice. Yes. That is a sweet spot. That is the best. It, it, it is a sweet spot because, uh, well, I better not say anything or else. Uh, <laughs> i better just leave it at that no it's it's gonna be a great it's gonna be a great show from the beginning to the end so better get there early for toad gin and bare naked ladies nice very nice, nice man do you have any more tom you want me to hit the last three i'm gonna yeah i'm just trying to see if i have any I, i'm trying to make sure i grab everybody's questions if i can yeah we have a lot of good positive comments, but no. There are uh, a ton of no, like positive good. comments. Oh, I see. Oh, you're filtering these. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, some <laughs> of them need. To be, some of them need to be filtered. <laughs> you know what's funny? I've been accused of that. I have serious FOMO now. Well, listen. Get to uh, it. antibiotics. <laughs> Plenty of rest and Plenty Aquafina. Of Ding. Yes. I enjoyed this totally. And I am a big fan of meditation. I had a, a therapist once told me, nice. like, shine a light at the wall, right? What are you, and a cat? Focus on the light and turn off the light and then, you know, let your mind just sit there. And then whatever comes into your mind first, write it down. And then hmm. separate that list into things you can change, things you can't change. That's called noting. Is it? See, I've never done that before. Well, but it was that, helpful that actually... And you don't even need to write it down um, if 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 it saves you time and trouble and if it breaks. But you can you can use a, the the light of a flickering candle even like Ooh. anything that like takes your attention oh, and so you can leave your eyes open certainly. That's why you see some people like who will light a candle and they'll say, well, you know, I'm going to go meditate in the bathtub or whatever and and mm. uh, and. They sit in the bathtub and they meditate, and it's it is it's a very tranquil uh, experience. Uh, breath meditation is another um, usually what I describe leads to breath meditation, which is just you know watching the breath go in, watching the breath go out. Nice. Yeah. Did I did I tell y'all I'm giving up this drums thing and I'm shaving my head? <laughs> and you are now going to be a guru. That's great. I love it. You can't get you can't get rid of the hair. That actually is part of it, I think. Okay, all right. Yeah, that actually makes it more legit. I think it's got to be tied up. Yeah, tied up. Not. I do that. Awesome. So did uh, I. I found it polarizing because I used to do that a lot before I donated my hair to uh to like kids with you know kids with cancer or whatever. But oh, before fantastic. I yeah before I did it, I would do a lot of the t like the pulling my hair back and tying it up. And I was, it was very like Game of Thrones ish, but people either loved it or hated it. It was yeah. never like an in between. You know, because uh, I, I do the same thing now just out of uh, because I don't like this hair in my face all day. While you're long. playing. And yeah. so it's like um, you, you do it long enough, and now it's like, ah, oh, I just, who cares? Right. Yeah. People, people yeah. seem to be doing uh, anything they want. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, it's, Fashion is uh, fashion. It yeah. is. And it they're is. always trying to catch up to the trendsetter anyway. Yeah. Right. It is exactly. weird how things kind of like melded together. Like there's a lot of 80s shit that always came through and stuck through. And then a little bit of the 90s is back. And then I saw somebody wearing bell bottoms the other day, casually, not even going anywhere great. I was like, oh, I don't get it. But 
No. I mean, I don't care either. I can't, I can't really, I don't really have a fashion sense per se. So I'm not going to get into it. I start, we start talking about fashion. I'm like, anyway, here's, <laughs> here's my thoughts. It, it also um, spills over into music though, because I've heard, I was just sell, telling, uh, I, I seem to have a lot of conversations with Uber drivers. I was telling my <laughs> Uber driver the other day that, like you, you listen to music now and anything goes, it's like, there's, there's um, like such wonderful music being made out there. Yeah. And yeah. I couldn't really tell you when or where or who this is or where it's come from, but I know it sounds good. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Isn't there something it, they said it, like Spotify has like 6,000 new songs a day or uploads it's crazy. a day? Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, and so how can we keep up with it, right? People ask me what I listen to, yeah. and I and I say whatever's on, you know. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. or it's like you know, it's cool too. I mean, I don't actually know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it is kind of interesting, especially on our end of it, is that people will find you, man. People have a niche. If they like you on the internet, or if they like your particular brand of music, that's the one they fucking stick with. Right. So if they can find you, that's a great thing. That's right, and that's that's the trick. Yeah getting found i mean it's 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 really hard to stick out nowadays it's 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 just hard to be well let's get back to mike tyson yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you gotta Maybe that's what it takes even he's punching people on airplanes to get noticed just kidding <laughs> can a guy who bit off another guy's ear get a fucking press junket jesus <laughs> Well, I was just talking to the Jim Blossoms drummer the other day, and I thought he was kidding about beating someone up on the plane. <laughs> and then he just went and did it. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was drumming on this guy's head with an Oculus thing on. <laughs> I think he thought he was in the game, and he wasn't. We kept trying to tell him. We were shaking it. <laughs> That's my alibi. Don't blow it. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, I got to ask you these three questions, dude. Are you All ready right. for the first one? Is this, the, is this what they call the lightning round? Lightning round, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay. Lightning round where you take your time if you want to answer them lengthy. Like, <laughs> well, do some people that. do think like I'm like quickly and they're like, fuck, I don't know. I'm like, no, there's no, nobody has anywhere to go. Um, so first question is, if you can go back in time and talk to your younger self, what piece of advice would you give yourself to help out, help yourself out today? Mm, sis boom ba. <laughs> What does a sheep say? What is it? Wait, I blew that entirely. What does a floating sheep say? There you go. Yeah. That that was a Um, fucking awesome reference. You're the first person to do a Karnak reference out of 150, 160 something guests. That was beautiful. Okay. So, uh, and I blew it. So what would the, uh, what would the young, the, the old me tell the young me? Yeah. Um, Boy. You know, uh, as much as uh, I mean, my my everything you hear is right. They they always say uh, have something to fall back on. Yeah, mm-hmm. certainly have something to fall back on. If yeah. you're if you're a musician, it, it especially now, it, it probably makes the most sense to just have you know something like um, acting. Mm-hmm. To, to, <laughs> to Commercials, yeah, that's nice. Product <laughs> placement. Uh, you know, just because again, they're just so there are too many musicians. Please just go away. 
Yeah. We don't need any more. Seriously. And fucking comedians. That's a good thing for comedians, too. There's too fu- There's right? so many people that do it as a fucking hobby, which irritates the shit out of me. And they're like, I'm actually in banking. But, you know, on Saturdays, we go down to the shut the fuck <laughs> up. Do your banking shit. And I, got a set, I got a set on uh, Thursday night. Can you come by? No. No, I can't. <laughs> support you <laughs> exactly oh my god dude i know i love it when there, there's a there's like a local thing uh by um next couple towns over uh that this woman does where it's it's like uh for people who've always wanted to try doing comedy and i'm like why the fuck and it's all like 40 50 year old dudes that show right. up and their wives hate them i hate them like i don't go but i like you know i you know what john I mean? gold like, strictly to heckle I, I'm like, boom. <laughs> Letterman would hate you. Uh, <laughs> you know what I realize is an inherent flaw about that time travel question, though? I should say a specific age because we can't have people going back in time and shaking their five year old self like, have a fallback. <laughs> like, you need or... a more specific. <laughs> You're just going to scare the shit out of your five year old self and ruin your whole life. <laughs> we have I one mean, guy who said. I, I... I could have done that pretty easily, yeah. like, because I think I got my first my first drum set when I was about like three or five. Oh, it was like a little yeah. country and western kit, and I probably, I probably probably could have taken the drum set away from him, and... <laughs> giving him a math book. <laughs> yeah, we had one. We had one guy. I don't even remember who it was, but he said he would he would have fucked more. And I just thought about that. Like, man, could you imagine if he went back at the wrong place in time and was like, "Listen, kid." <laughs> Everything that moves. <laughs> He's like a three-year-old version of himself. Like <laughs> he never touches another human being again. <laughs> Scars him. Really bad advice. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a good. Oh no, trust. I would do the same. That was that guy was me. I I came on my own show and was like, "How about this? Take a few more chances with the way." There ladies. you go. That's a nicer way to be put more. It. Be more confident. Yes. At That's least with a... your eighth-grade teacher. Oh no, that's great. We're we're leaving this all in. Normally, I'll uh, normally I'll be like, we're gonna cut that. It's all staying in. Um, <laughs> nothing gets cut. I always, you know how many times I've said to people, oh, we'll cut that, and it's just get it's, it's left in. It would be <laughs> even better if Scott's eighth grade teacher finds him on uh, social media after this is like, hey. <laughs> She's still alive. <laughs> she was 70 at the time, so I don't, I don't know. Oh. Yeah, I was also one of those kids who never got the young crop of t-shirts. I always got the old ones. And then, like, my friend's siblings came up, and then they retired, and they got all these. And it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I'm like, damn it. Um, yeah, Ugh, like I would have had a chance. I looked like a terrorist, apparently. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, seventh grader, me really had a shot. <laughs> Getting Acme equipment from Wiley. Um, there was a, that makes any sense. Second question. Uh, <laughs> what had to end in your life, good or bad that led you exactly to where you are today? Hmm. What had to end in my life? Yes. Good or bad in my life? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I think you've stumped me here. It's a good one. Oh man, see, you are gonna have to cut some time on this one. It's okay, don't worry. <laughs> I was gonna say, well, it would be easier. I'm just gonna not answer your question and say, so what ended up happening bad in my predecessor's life was he got fired. Oh, wow. nice. 
That's a good answer. No, that's you a great that's answer, a, though. That, that's yeah. what had to end. Yeah. So, is. That's good. Yeah, somebody else's yeah. Uh, career had to get uh, fucked up. I mean, not to wish, <laughs> no, not, not to wish that upon him, but there, there, um, uh, yeah, there is a funny story, but it's not my story to tell. Oh, oh. all right, all right, all right. We'll have to figure that one out. Yeah. Um, and the, and the last question I love because it ties into the show. So if this was a genuine dystopia, even more so than it kind of is now, but like it was alien zombies comet headed toward earth floods whatever it is and everybody knew it was their last day what would be your epic death how would you want to go out hmm. you know something a, a friend of mine from high school um said which i don't even know if this is the way it would really i would really like it to go out for me but it always stuck with me he said and this was like during the I think it was like during the Reagan era. Hmm. So um, he was like, you know, if if they were sending a nuclear bomb over, I would go out into the prettiest green field and I would pull up a lawn chair and I would just say, come and get me. Nice. And I, and I always thought, what a bunch of bullshit that is. <laughs> but I'm repeating it to this day. So there you go. There's my answer. That's great, man. Go. I love it. I, I do. Like... I, I will tell you this, that, that, uh, lately, um, I've had, I've had, um, I've had some recurring dreams that, that are, that are sort of not exactly like that, hmm. but they certainly are. Um, they're certainly like, like, okay, well, you know, and it's probably again with everything that's in the news and you yeah. know, you get, you get things, yeah, tumbled around in your head a little bit, but you know we're in a we're we're certainly in a whew, we're in a yep. strange time, aren't we? Absolutely, we are. man. And it's weird too because we're like we've also learned to ignore kind of the news too. We've learned to absorb it, remember it, and then go about our like compartmentalize it long enough. But it's weird to compartmentalize a uh, nuclear war and then Shining a guy is testing literally, yeah. 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 Where, where, you know, you're scrolling through news and plus the fact that we get our news by scrolling in general anyway. So you're like, if it's Twitter or TikTok or whatever your poison is, you're looking at like multiple shit. So it's like entertainment, death, um, you know, and then back to like, so it's, it's, it's a weird combination of shit. I find it, I find it incredibly um, surreal that, you know, I, I get a lot of my news um, on, on the Twitter machine. Yeah, yeah, good, good and bad. I swear, you know, at least that's where you find obituaries first. But oh, um, God, yeah. So, but I just find it incredibly surreal that that we can sit and and like watch in real time all of these these comments on the potential of nuclear weaponry going off in any part of our world right next to whether or not you know uh, will smith has apologized appropriately to chris rock and then yeah you know what the score of the, the game is and yeah just it's, and then oh and then let's throw in whether or not we have a new variant you know yeah just everything gets guys, equal footing don't you guys just feel like at times like we're um we are at that moment when uh, we are just going to the density 
of all of the information, all of the the bullshit. It, it, it's just gonna it, it, like how much more? Yeah, yeah. Do we take? Yeah, like before it just says. Yeah. Somewhere on the planet, <laughs> there's just this eddy of despair, and it's all our fucked up tweets and thoughts and news information just swirling around, ready to explode. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah, it's too much, man. I know people who've checked out, and I've I've had to do it myself too. I don't know if you had to do the same thing, but where you're just like, I'm I cannot care about anything anymore. Somebody will tell me something that I know is truly fucked up that's happened in the world, and I'm like, I got nothing. I, I'm I'm just gonna watch Mash and you know, eat well, ice cream. Uh, and my my version of that is that like um, I used to go into the hotel room. First thing I would do flip on the TV, put the news on mm-hmm. and it would just, it would just stay on in the background. And then one day I realized, Oh my God, I've turned into my parents. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because that's all they do is right. it's, yeah. just, it's just this, you know, and it doesn't even matter. I'm not, I'm not going to cast dispersions as to what channels they're watching, but I will say that it's, it's just this, ongoing thing to where then when i have a discussion with them the only thing that they talk about is what they hear on the news yeah that's the yeah. only thing that they have to discuss and so i stopped turning the news on yeah and um so now i you know i get my dribs and drabs of news you know like most people tmz <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. uh, I've got this one friend who uh, is in complete and total bliss pretty much 24 seven. She hangs out with her friends. She's one of those hiking, you know, like always outside, always doing whatever. Never has a fucking clue what's going on in the rest of the world. And then you take me, who's just constantly absorbing me and my other friends who have got like the news, everything going all the time. And I'm like, there has to be some happy middle ground. Because the point where I she called me one day and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm driving to this bar that we usually go to. And I was like, dude, there's a fucking tornado warning out. And she's like, really? And I'm like, how do you not? You know, I want to be somewhere where I still know I'm going to get sucked up. I'm like, don't you know? She's like, I thought it was where there was nobody on the road. And I was like, where, where the fuck have you been? Like, yeah. So she has. No it's, called, it's called willful, willful ignorance. ignorance. Right? Yeah. 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 yeah I, I would like to. I, I think that's great. I'd me love too. To like that. Oh man, More it like be, that. yeah, it's amazing to me. It's fucking awesome, um, dude. Thanks for staying on for uh, so long, dude. I appreciate it. Listen, I'm I'm just uh, honored to be here. Thanks, man. Thank no, we're honored, we're to, honored to have you. you. Yeah. yeah. And let's, uh, we'll meet. We'll meet up in yes. Zuckerberg's metaverse. Uh, I will and, absolutely uh, set this up. We're gonna do it. It's yes, gonna be blast, it. man. Fucking yeah, awesome. I love you happen. already have an Oculus too. That's like half the battle. I'm, we're gonna talk way more about this. Don't go anywhere because once we sign out, we definitely yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll catch up a little we'll more. Talk on that. Fantastic, but, awesome. Thanks, thanks for thank you guys. Out, See you. Yep. Thank you, man. Peace. See you soon. Bye. Dystopia tonight.